Attention devoted geeks. I have recently retrieved the previously lost signal. Unlike the garden files, this signal was never transmitted. The following is the second part of a discussion that began in episode 80 on October the 4th, 2020. In that episode, Dallas and Celeste sat down to discuss the Alien franchise. Because of the length, the episode was broken up into two parts. The following is part two. Welcome to episode 103 of Quorum Talk by Geek Devotions. Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet Geekery. Alright, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening Quorms in 3, 2, 1... Hello, Devoted Geeks. Welcome to Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotion, the show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. I'm Dallas, and with me is Celeste. And this is part two of our Alien series. Yes. We broke it up. Glix didn't like the fact that the our podcast was going to be about as long as the entire franchise. Not quite. <laughs> so we broke it up to uh, talk about Alien 2, Alien 3. And also Alien Resurrection. Now, that being said, if you'll like to know our thoughts on Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and also Alien, yes, you need to go check out our previous podcast episode. You can find links in the description uh, on our podcast host and on our website to go listen to that episode. That being said, Celeste, we've had a whirlwind journey. Over the last four days. Over the last four days. For us, four days. Right. Just to catch everybody up. Just because you know, you're like, I'm not going to listen to the one else. I'll listen to this one. Um, Celeste and I have had four days off for the most part. Yeah. And we decided to binge watch the Alien franchise. And so binge watch we did. We watched all six movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, Alien, Aliens, and Alien, Alien 3. 3, Alien Cubed, Alien 3. I don't know. I think it's Alien Cube. I think they're trying to make you say Alien Cube, but it's just Alien 3. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we watched all three of those and Alien Resurrection. And uh, so today we're going to continue the conversation, starting with Aliens, which I thought honestly was not a bad way to um, to label a sequel. Yeah, I agree. Because, it, I don't know, it gets annoying when they're like, like with just numbers. And I feel like that was a thing. People were like, okay, we're tired of being numbers, you know. Yeah. Conan part six. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, uh, and at the same time, adding just subtitles like, you know, the return of the goo. <laughs> just got dumb. So just aliens. I thought it was subtle. Yeah. I'm wondering if they thought this franchise was going to continue further than that. Yeah. Or they're like, okay, this is it. We're done. And the way the move, we'll get into it. The way the movie plays out, it's like, this could be done. We yeah. could be done with this film completely. All of these movies, well, I say that, all of the original series, they could have been done. Mm-hmm. They did not have to keep going. Right. And yet they did. And yet they did. Whether that's good or bad, we're going to talk about that. So, but <laughs> let's uh, let's get into uh, Aliens, uh, which the IMDb uh, reads... Ellen Ripley is rescued by a deep salvage team after being in hypersleep for 57 years. 
The okay, m- Rick Van Winkle. <laughs> the moon that the Nostromo visited has been colonized. Bad idea, Jack. But co- contact is lost. The time this time, Colonial Marines have impressive firepower. But will that be enough? Okay. Spoiler: No. <laughs> I guess we should. Say, there, there will be spoilers for all these films. So, all right, fifty-seven years later. All right, now this is six years later. This is like, what year was this This come out? Like 1986, I think? It was in the 80s. Yeah. It was almost a t- full 10 years. Right. Yeah, it was 1986 when this came the out. the hair was very different. Right. And uh, and I want to do this also um, for those of you who, we're not going to do a deep dive conversation about it. We're going to kind of breeze through some points. If you want a deep dive conversation about it, I want to encourage you guys to check out our friends over at Retro Rewind Podcast. They did a really great conversation about this on their episode 186. And um, they had a, a guest on there named Dustin Ward, uh, Warford, who is an interesting cat. And, uh, but they had a sit-down conversation about the film. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what they rated it as. They do have a three-phase three rating. Classic, which means you need to watch it again. Absolutely. And you should watch it even if you haven't seen it. Right. You have Nostalgic. Which is like, eh, I don't sully your memories. And tragic, stop. Just don't do not do it again. No, nostalgic is if you've seen it, watch it. But then if you haven't seen it, maybe not your thing. Well, they also suggest don't spoil your memories if, oh, yeah. you know. So this is the system they have in place. I'm not going to tell you what they rated it as, but they didn't rate it tragic. I will say that. Again, no talking animals, no disobedient <laughs> children. <laughs> so... Uh, but go check them out. Retro Rewind Podcast. Find all your favorite podcast catchers. Also our website, RetroRewindPodcast.com. Dot com. Uh, <laughs> and that was episode 186. So now let's get into this conversation. This is 57 years later. Uh, Ripley has landed on Earth. And uh, what was her reception like? Um, her reception was kind of a, oh, heck, what are you doing out here? Mm-hmm. And then they were not too pleased to see her Mm -hmm. because she destroyed company property. 57 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if you didn't figure out that she destroyed this company property (laughs) in the last 57 years, I don't think she can be held liable because clearly you didn't miss it. Right. Or unless they did. And they just didn't want to talk about it. But like, to me, this franchise more than previous is more of a dialogue. I'm sorry. Yeah, this franchise, these three movies are more of a dialogue about the the evils of corporations mm. than anything else. You have to wonder because currently you see a lot of small businesses. You see a lot of people starting things. You see a lot of support for local business and not a lot of support for corporate businesses. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder... If these movies, because this is not the only movie in the 80s and 90s to do this, to talk about the evils of the corporation. Right. Talk about evil, evil corporate guys. Um, You got to wonder if that has become so ingrained in our subconscious that we're like, yeah, no big conglomerates are not good. I think I think it's a it's a it's a standard that we're seeing that's been dating back, like back in the 70s. Improbable before, and there's always been a stigma that you know the man is out to get you, yeah. and all he cares is about is himself. The little man is will always be a little man, 
And so I feel like it's a stigma that's always been there. And when it's always been there, there's a level of truth to it. Mm. How deep the truth goes, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think for sure there's probably some some nasty stuff happening. But I know for a fact there is. Uh, I was talking with, this is off topic from the movie all together. I was talking <laughs> with a local businessman. And he was telling me about how he struggles mm-hmm. as a Christian to sit in rooms with other businessmen because he can't stand the corruption that they have mm. about certain things. And so there is definitely something that takes place. It's not as widespread, I think, as some people want to make it out to be. Well, that is are, the movies make it out to, be, out to be, I hope not. Like you and I know some very honest businessmen and women oh, yeah. who are successful very successful yes and um they're doing stuff that's really well worked out but there's still this underseat of people going not trusting those indivi- other individuals are like that yeah so i think this the series more so is a, a commentary on that to a degree because these guys they're more about their dollars yeah like she's like they all died they're like whatever you wasted our money and then later when they lose contact the colony it's still, even though they, they assure them it's not, it really is about their, their financial... Their investment. Exactly. So, again, they fired Ripley. They basically made it where all she can do is grunt work. They basically labeled her as crazy. Mm-hmm. And then when they lose contact with that colony, they're like, oh, we need your help. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this this is that same planet. Our moon. Maybe Maybe you can... Come check it out. Help us out. Just, just advisory. Just advise us. And yeah. the, by advising, they mean land on the planet and go into the thick of it. Yeah, I, I feel like advisory. She should be like on the ship in orbit, going, "Okay, this is what you should do." Right. Not down there at risk. Right. Like get out, run away. That is her advice. Now, this film was directed by someone incredibly different. Yes. From Ridley Scott. Incredibly different. Which I did not know. I assumed that they were all directed by Ridley Scott. Well, I think Ridley Scott's just talked about so much because of the most recent films. But this was done by none other than James Cameron. Now, Which explains why Sigourney Weaver is so prominent in the Avatar movies. <laughs> but when you when you look at it, mm-hmm. again, this is where I mentioned last, last week in our podcast when we got to the first Alien movie that... It's really fascinating how different these films are from each other. Mm-hmm. When and but when you look at the directors, it all makes sense. Yeah, it does. The first Alien movie, it is a Ridley Scott film. It is absolutely one hundred percent a Ridley Scott film. Yeah. When you look at the backdrop of other films, it makes sense. When you look at this film, like to take this out of context and just watch this film, it's an action flick. It's kick butt. It's awesome. Ripley is like this heroine. This is like yeah, go. You yeah. know, she's in the mech and she's doing stuff. And it's like, man, this is like, you and I talked about it. Like, like this picks up and goes for the most part. Mm-hmm. Which it has in common with Covenant. Right. Yeah, but it's going and going and going. But at the same time, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, my brain stopped functioning just now. <laughs> Kick the hamster. Right. So, um, it just had this weird undertone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite horror. Mm-mm. It, it was much more 80s action. Right. And it wasn't as philosophical. No. I feel like the first movie was a little more philosophical to a degree. But it, it had that jab at, mm-hmm. at corporate America, but... Right. 
So you get into, you pan back and go, oh, James Cameron did this. Well, what else did James Cameron did? He did Avatar, obviously, but he did Terminator 2. Did Titanic. He did Titanic. And when you when you scroll back and you look at his film franchises that he's worked on like this, it makes sense. You're like, yeah, yeah this is a James Cameron film. This feels... It does feel a lot, now that you've said Terminator 2, mm-hmm. it does feel a lot like the second Terminator. Exactly. And it's not just because Reese is in it. No, <laughs> the, but yeah. <laughs> that adds to it. It does add to it. So I point that out to say that if you want an action film, I think you should watch this. This is the most action-y of, 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 of all the franchises, in my opinion. Well, uh, up to this point in the, in the timeline... Yes. I think this is the most action-based one. Yes. So, but in this one, again, they, they land on the planet. They got the Marines. They're trying to rescue people, but there's nobody except for a little girl. But also, we have a new android. So, what do you think of the android? I had a hard time trusting him. Why? Because of David. Just David? Well, no. The other guy, too, <laughs> whose name shall not be mentioned. He he does not. He is not worthy of being mentioned. <laughs> the... uh. The medical officer. Yeah. You try to choke out Sigourney Weaver with a magazine. You no longer get your name said. You no longer are allowed to be remembered. Right. It was definitely like the way they played the alien in this one. Like you want, they were trying to play the, you should have sympathy for the, for the, for the Android, which is very different from Ripley's movie or Ripley, Ridley Scott's who did Blade Runner, which you, kind of have sympathy but this, at the same time the androids and and um blade runner were the bad guys they were but you also he also tried to elicit sympathy for them exactly whereas uh james cameron doing terminator stuff which again he hadn't done terminator yet oh gotcha yeah this was first yeah this was this was before because terminator was 91 Oh, yeah. And so this was before that. But um, it's that mindset of like, maybe the androids aren't all bad. Yeah. And so you have this like earning trust again with Ripley, which I appreciated. Yes. And it, it was, was kind of, there's a scene where he's going down the shaft and it kind of freaked me out because it was such close quarters mm-hmm. and like it did not look human the way he was in that. And I know that that is a human actor. <laughs> so I know that that is a human in that box. Right. Scooching. <laughs> and I'm going, I, I don't like they cut to that and he's talking to him on the comms and I'm like, oh, my God, get get go back to the regular people, please. All right. So he he was a nice guy, though. Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. So um, but this is also the first film that you see the queen. Yes. So going back to our first podcast, the last transmission we have from David, mm-hmm. who is the android that Waylon created himself mm-hmm. to be creative mm-hmm. had basically jacked with the goo that mm-hmm. the engineers had made and he jacked with it and created the aliens. Mm-hmm. But his last transmission was he could not, he had yet to figure out how to make the queen. Yeah. Make it to where they could self propagate. Right. This is the first time we see the queen that he created as a whole. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. Um, Again, when you ha- span back with the the whole thing, you're like, oh, wow. Like, this is really evolving. Yeah. Like, I got to wonder, 
Like you've seen some of these movies before to this weekend. I'd seen the first one. To a degree. One. I'd seen the first one and I'd seen scenes and discussion because like we said in the last podcast, it's so ingrained in pop oh, culture right. that it's hard to not know some things. Right. So what was it like for you going, this is the revelation of David? It was interesting. And at the same time, because we had watched the first movie, Alien, when we were dating years ago and so at the time i remember going but why don't they the way they reproduce is so weird Mm -hmm. like how where do the because at that point you you didn't see the queen so where do the eggs come from Mm -hmm. and even still with the queen you're going how do the eggs get there Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense in a way that humans reproduce like you know there's parts that have to come together right well so it's like there's a character that does a great job of describing kind of like a beehive yes and so you have the queen and she procreates yes so but until the queen i remember going this doesn't make sense because the face huggers lay the eggs Mm -hmm. but the face huggers are the eggs Mm-hmm. So that doesn't well, like they the embryos, the embryos. Yeah. Um, so I remember going, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So the addition of the queen and the addition of describing it like a beehive mm-hmm. makes it make so much more sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's just an interesting evolution of it. all, mm-hmm. Especially when you look back at, again, at the previous films and you know, I was, I thought it was weird. Okay. What's the point of having the eggs just to have the face huggers? To lay the embryo. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. When we step back and think about the fact that she can lay thousands of eggs. Mm-hmm. And you realize that David's trying to create a species that's going to survive. He created them to have the egg stage for when there is no host. Yeah. So that the queen could just mass produce. And then when they have the host, go for it. Exactly. Like, there's a, like, the world that really Scott built is building on the front end right now. Makes all the stuff that has happened makes so much more sense right and it's so much more in depth it's really fascinating to see play out it is it also though kind of makes me think of like because we're talking about it's such a part of culture Mm -hmm. that the eggs there's a egg-like creature similar in stranger things yeah the way the face huggers thing opens up looks like the way the demogorgon's Mm -hmm. mouth opens exactly like it's just it's interesting seeing all of these right. things in culture, in current culture. Right. And there's so many phrases and stuff that's iconic. You know, it's like uh, like the the one dude who's just an idiot. I don't know why he wasn't like I did not like the character that was just an idiot, the commando who was like, Game over, man, game over. Like I've heard that phrase. God. He was I wanted him to die. Like, yeah. like it, he was just a bad character. And um, that was an 80s movie character, though. It, this was an 80s. Like, it was so 80s. Like, this is my problem with it is it was so 80s. Yeah. It and, dates itself in the way it's made. Right. And, and while we're kind of on that, I will say this. And this is what I actually have a love for 70s and 80s sci-fi and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's the great future but their technology is so dated. Like they're like, this is the future, but they're using like, like at one point they pull out a laptop. I'm like, I remember that laptop. 
Yeah. Like I rem- like I remember my stepfather who worked for Motorola bringing home a work laptop. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is so old right there. Like the fact that that it's the black and the green mm-hmm. screens and you're manually typing it in, which I think you can get to on modern day computers, but <laughs> like you'd have to seriously shut down your OS. Right. And so it's just so dated, but that's part of the feel of these. Mm-hmm. You brought up a great point um, while we're watching these films. We had this contrast where the first couple films, they, there was a bit of shine to everything. Yeah. Everything was shiny. Everything was white. But these, it was gritty. Yeah. And you brought up a great point about the fact that it actually plays to everything mm-hmm. just for the feel. But at the same time, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. The first film, they were miners. And so the first a, film being alien. Right. So there's just a mining complex. This film, they're colonists. Yeah. And these are Marines. Yeah. Don't necessarily need the shiny stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but in Prometheus, they're an exploratory and they're the rich exploratory. Mm-hmm. Like, Whalen himself is financing it and they say that at one point in Covenant they are on their way to terraform not terraform colonize Mm -hmm. the world but it's when they're on the way and so Mm -hmm. these people have paid to go do this right so it's it's a different feel altogether but the greatness works to the tone of these films Mm -hmm. again it's just iconic yeah like the the scene where Ripley comes out with the mech, mm-hmm. like you're like you're rooting for her, aren't you? <laughs> so what was your favorite? What was your favorite part of this film? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I enjoyed the film. I liked the film. Um, I liked the way it played out. I liked that the character that you dislike in the beginning gets what he deserves. <laughs> like. <laughs> So I appreciate all that. And I enjoy I enjoy Ripley's character Mm -hmm. because she does a very good job of being kick butt, but Mm -hmm. also being feminine. Yeah. Like she is definitely a woman. Mm -hmm. She is definitely very feminine. But at the same time, she's not going to take your crap. Right. Like she's taking her fear. She's taking her trauma and she's using it to fuel herself in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that because I feel like in a lot of modern stories, we lose the both and Mm -hmm. we lose the ability to have strong women who are still very feminine. Yeah. And she is, I mean, she's very feminine. I I, I remember years ago, there was like, you know, the, the, the hottest women in action films. She's always at the top because she keeps her femininity, but she takes charge. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, and this is one of the things I like about her also, is that she doesn't allow, like, she, the beginning of the film is like, she is broken. Yeah. Like, they talk about how, like, she wakes up every night sweating out of, because she's having these nightmares. Mm-hmm. But she takes that fear and she uses it. Yeah. And it pushes her. Like, she's a protector. She's She takes charge. Like, she she's whipping these, these Marines into shape, which I have, I take issue with how un- disciplined these guys were as quote-unquote marines i have issues with that having known marines in the past keep in mind these are colonial marines not u.s military (laughs) marines indeed so but it was just she embodies strength yeah and femininity at the same time and she doesn't allow again like i was saying before she doesn't allow her fear to 
keep her back. Like, it's okay to be scared. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to put out of this movie is it's okay to be scared. As long as you don't let your fear paralyze you. Exactly. And she used it as a strength and to to save a young girl mm-hmm. and to uh, save at least one Marine. Yeah. And uh, she tried to save more. Yeah. And so I appreciated that aspect of the film. Yeah. So can we recommend Aliens? Yes. All right. Cool. Well, we're done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching, listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think it's, we can recommend Alien and Aliens, uh, the sequel, obviously. Um, I think it's a great installment. I think it works well. Um, it has great connectors that really Scott's building. Where again, it's just a greedy corporation. Again, um, when you when you listen to it, like the 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 corporation guy, he's like, "Look, I need to get this back." Yeah. And he does anything he wants, he can to make it happen. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. The question then becomes: Is Alien Three and Alien Resurrection good? And we're going to talk about that on the other side of this break. Crikey, looky there. It's a rare tarcophibian. You rarely see such a... Did you see that? A cracking glitz card you just chowed down that taco. But what does that even mean? It means that when you're done listening to Calm Talk, check out the Retro Rewind podcast. Oh. Okay. So that was our commercial for Retro. We love those guys over there. <laughs> we love their to listen to their opinions. And so they do a much better job of deep dive reviewing than we do. Mm. We just tell you our thoughts. They really get into the nitty gritty of movies. Right. And they have like it's a really great way of seeing, like Paul and Francisco both are they're great at analyzing things, talking about stuff, breaking mm-hmm. stuff down. Paul has a a vast knowledge on the music of things and the and composers animation. and the animation and they're just so good at what they do. Right. And they really know what they're talking about. Exactly. So uh, so stop listening to us and go listen to their episode about this. Links in the description down below. But <laughs> if you're still here, we're now going to be talking about Alien Cubed. Three. Just say three. Alien Cubed sounds <laughs> stupid. Although I wouldn't put it past them to have wanted it to be called Cubed because it's the 90s. It was the 90s. Um, so Alien 3 Cubed because it's edgy came out in 92 and we have once again another director change guy named David Fincher who did stuff that I've never seen before just to be perfectly honest with you well no I have seen some of this stuff actually I'm thinking of the other movie so David Fincher he directed films such as The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo um, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button uh, he did Panic Room, Fight Club, uh, Seven, and Seven was an intense movie. It was, and I say that because again, point out the fact it's an entirely different tone of film, and a different feel. Like the color grading is completely different. That was another thing I noticed: the color grading. Like Ridley Scott has a way that he prefers his films to be color graded. Yes. James Cameron does. This dude just likes his stuff to be yellow, apparently. Yes. Because that's all there was everywhere. Well, and Seven was very yellow. Mm-hmm. So the IMDb about this film reads this. 
After her last encounter, Ellen Ripley crash lands in Fiorna 161, a maximum security prison. When a series of strange and deadly events occur shortly after her arrival, Ripley realizes that she has brought along an unwelcomed visitor. Now, this film I find interesting because okay. it's so freaking different. So different. You thought this film was number two. I did. I was confused. For some reason, I thought this was the second film. Um, but it was not. This was obviously the third film. And Considering the ending, it would have been hard to have two first. Mm, exactly. Um, I feel like... I don't know. It was just a... It felt weird watching. Yeah. It was, again, a very different... Just a very different feel. Like, it almost divorced itself from the previous tones. Mm -hmm. Like, James Cameron had a tone. And it was James Cameron. But it still felt like a a proper continuation of this one. This one didn't... Tone-wise, did Mm -hmm. not feel like a continuation. Because it didn't include anything from the Cameron movie. Mm -hmm. It didn't include anything from Ridley Scott. Well, yes and no. uh, Like, (laughs) like... Spoiler alert, everyone died. Yeah. Like all the hard, this is what I didn't like. All the hard work that Ripley did just went to crap. Like it almost felt like when the guy wrote the, when they worked on the script, they went, ah, we'll just ignore the second film. Like that's what it felt like, didn't it? Yeah. Like I was really frustrated that Newt was not in it because she was a better sidekick than the cat. (laughs) They were, they were used as a plot device to go, oh, they might have been here. And I think that's why I think that's why I was confused, Celeste. Yeah. It is so divorced from the third one. Mm-hmm. Completely and divorced from the third one. That or from the second one. Uh that like this could have been continuation. Yeah. Like, because for those who don't know, it starts with them crashing. Like they leave the ship and they crash. Mm-hmm. They very easily could have had the exact same story where her escape pod crashes, mm-hmm. cat that she has dies, sad day. Um, poor kitty poor kitty cat and it all kicks back up yeah like literally remove the entire second film and it, you could have it would have worked yeah you it, it would have been a more finite like finale yeah for sure yeah so I, but I don't want to I just don't want to bash it let's talk about some things we liked what did you like about this film um I liked the the doctor. I didn't want to trust him. He seemed sketchy to me mm-hmm. because he was he seemed like he should have been the droid. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a droid in this movie. No, they, there is no droid. There is no droid. There's no synth. Um, but he he. I was distrustful of him, but I appreciated that they never. They could have easily made him into a bad guy, and mm-hmm. they didn't. I think he plays bad guys. Films. He does, and I think that also has something to do with my apprehension because I see his face and I go, "Ooh, yeah, he's a bad guy." I don't trust you, <laughs> right? Um, I liked that they were dealing again with no one believing her, mm-hmm. like because no one would believe her, right? It's such a fantastical story, and but the, at the same time, it shows like the company knows what's going on. Yeah, they're not letting anybody know about it. The company knows what's going on. But these people who were just peons for the company mm-hmm. don't. Exactly. So 
don't know. It was just a weird, it was weird. Um, I appreciate the way they use the space. Like it's a prison. Yeah. An all men prison uh, that is um, kind of been repurposed to be as a lead place. But at the same time, at the same time, it's not like it's I think originally it had been a mining facility and it was like work camp. Like right. you're in prison, you're going to work. Well, they say, they made it sound like that they were going to the, these guys were there to run the place and to kind of keep working a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, later they go, they haven't fired up the furnace in five years. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And nothing works at the place. I think it's because they determined that they didn't want to go wherever they were moving the prisoners to. Mm-hmm. You have the religious cult type aspect to it going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think the company just didn't want to deal with them. So they're like, yeah, sure, you can stay, whatever. Yeah. So but I liked how they used the space. Yeah. Like they used the set well. Uh, the infirmary, the everything else. It was harder to... I was a little concerned about it because like, okay... Because they describe it as this massive facility with mm-hmm. wide open spaces. But this film works as a tight end place. And they actually work that out. Yeah. Um, this is the first time you see the xenomorphs take different forms. Yes. Uh, where, you, where at least in, in the original trilogy, uh, where it takes on the form of the attributes of the life form. Yeah. Which is discussed in Prometheus. Or in um, not Prometheus. Covenant. Covenant. I think it was originally introduced into the AVP movies. Yeah. So that was... Oh, no, AVP was later. AVP didn't come out until after the third one? Oh, yeah. Much later. Oh. AVP didn't come out until like 2000s. Never mind. (laughs) So, but I had to wonder, like, when really Scott was working on on this stuff, he goes, I wonder if he was going, man, why did they add this stuff to my story? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got to (laughs) wonder. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like we could kill the conversation on this pretty quickly. Yeah. Because if I can just be candid, I don't like it. It was okay. It was a good completion. Like... Because she dies. Because she dies. That is the only reason that it would... It makes anything good. Because you go, okay, the alien queen that is in her, she killed the last alien queen. And she's killing this one. Because she's she's been infected with the the alien queen. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, that's. We could be done. Yeah. The franchise is over. It's a the story is wrapped up. It was kind of an awkward wrap up, yeah. but it works. I think I almost would have rather them left it with two and not gone on to this. Mm-hmm. But I can understand this gives a more finite closure than two does, which left it kind of open ended of mm-hmm. when are they going to get where they're going? Exactly. So, yeah, that's it. It's it's done. Finito. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. So. Do I want people to watch this film? Uh, take it or leave it. If you're a completionist. Watch it. Watch it. Um, if not, it, it there's not there's not a ton of cultural references that come from this movie. No, so no. it's not a like culturally to understand things, you don't need to see it. I don't know how it got a fourth movie. I don't Sigourney Weaver. I guess. Because she co produced both of those. It just I don't know. It wasn't good. Like, she was a strong character. Yeah, she did great. Her acting progresses. You can definitely tell that from Alien to this one. You watch her acting Mm -hmm. get better. But as a whole, it's just not a good movie. Nah. Okay. So next movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is Alien Resurrection. Which is the only one we don't actually own. Yes. We actually had to rent this one to make to do this up. Because this GameStop didn't have it. Yes. <laughs> so Alien Resurrection, we're now time jumping. Um, in a couple of ways. It came out in 97. Okay. And uh, IMDb lays it out real clear. 200 years after her death, 200 years later, Ellen Ripley is revived as a powerful human-alien hybrid clone along with a crew of space pirates. But uh, She must battle the deadly aliens and stop them from reaching Earth. Okay. That's the IMDb. This is the only alien movie where we see Earth. Like, actually see it. Yeah. Or even reference it. They don't ever talk about going to Earth. Not really. Um... Now, again, this is in the same continuity of everything else. Mm-hmm. This is David's creation continuing to evolve to a degree. <laughs> I think I think David appreciate would have appreciated this more because his creation has become stronger mm. because of what they did with it. But not at the same, at the same time, no. We'll get into that. Yes. How do I put this? This was a 90s film. Oh, my God. This was the most 90s of 90s films. Like you had, first off. It was a 90s sci-fi. Yes. Because. I was waiting for like Highlander to jump out all of a sudden. Like to be randomly just be a crossover. Can we talk about the fact that through every movie, every time they did that side pan of a ship, Mm -hmm. you were singing the Red Dwarf song? Yes, I was. Cold outside, snow kind of atmosphere. Every time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But it was. It was such a, it was just so 90s. It had Winona Ryder in it, mm. young Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Joss Whedon worked on the project. Yeah, he he helped with the writing. So you had some of his elements in it, which yeah. I think helped the story. I do. Um, so what is the story? This story is that the scientists, this is kind of kind of the Jurassic World entry into the alien universe. The scientists have gotten Ridley's DNA, Ridley post-pregnancy DNA mm-hmm. from all the blood that was shed mm-hmm. in the third movie. Right. And they have managed to clone her. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out that she is a hybrid of the alien humanoid because they just couldn't clone her stably, right. which I find a little unrealistic that they've made androids, but they've yet to perfect cloning. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that, well, they perfected it. But it was her DNA so mingled up with what they were dealing with. Um, now, I want to put some context to this for our, our, our listeners. Um, if for some reason we have listeners who happen to be born after the 2000s <laughs> or late 90s. I'm sure we do. We have devoted geeks that are young, much younger than us. Or even if we have listeners who maybe have forgotten. But in the 90s, uh, the late the the latter half of the nineties, there was a big push legitimately for yeah. conversation about human cloning. Yeah. Like it was a it was a 
I remember hearing about it. It on was the news a legitimate and, talk because they managed to clone a sheep. Uh, yeah. No, I'm trying to. No, I'm glad you said that because I was trying to remember. There was a sheep that was cloned. Right. When did they do the cloning? Um. Let me fact check that. Right. So, but that was a a main talking point. There's a lot of movies that are coming out the time frame talking about uh, cloning. So they cloned the sheep back in ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. So like just before this. But I remember like, like when I was in elementary school, we used to have these little like science, like two or three page science uh, pamphlet things that would talk about the cutting edge of science of the day. Her birth was announced in 97. So Uh, like she was born late 96. They mm -hmm. held off until she's, there was certain she was surviving. But I remember them talking about this stuff back then. Like, like, I remember reading the thing and talking about the, the cloning of the sheep and them like, um, they grew a human ear on the back of a rat. I remember that too because I remember thinking that was so weird. It's not out of context for the time period that this was a thing that they did. Yes. But just because it was in context. Does it mean it should have been a thing? Or it should have been done better. Yes. Like my my issue with it is we are now, let's see, the first movie takes place 2021-ish. Ish. Century one something. We are now two hundred years mm-hmm. past the third movie, mm-hmm. which was a good 30, 40 years past Prometheus. Ye- well, about sixty years later. Yeah, you're telling me that in two hundred and sixty years after we first come up with androids, we haven't perfected the process of cloning in this universe where clearly everyone's okay with this type of thing. I guess. Well, yes and no. Remember uh, Sigourney Weaver's, um, not Sigourney's, uh, Winona Ryder's character said that this was an illegal setup. Like there was government issue, but it was not government issue at the same time. And I guess that may... It was black ops. That may have, have... supplied some of the explanation as to why they were not better at this it was, it was the black ops they didn't have as much funding right so there's a lot that went into this i will say this with this film i this is probably my the first one i watched all the way through mm. i have vivid, i'm so sorry <laughs> i have vivid memories as a child sitting in the living room with my parents with my mom and my stepdad watching this film with them and it's definitely the most kid friendly i i wouldn't say kid friendly necessarily it in the 90s it was a le- it was the least horror based one yes it was definitely the least horror because it was an r-rated film for sure yeah but it was a le- the the I think of brighter, I think is of the mindset. It was the, it was the brightest of them. They're, all of them were dark. Yeah. It wasn't as topic wise. It wasn't as dark. Right. It felt like a quick cash grab, shoot them up type of film. Yeah. And they're just, the horror aspect was almost non-existent whatsoever. Um, it just, it kind of went through some phases. Yeah. Um, but with it being something I, I remember watching so graphically, as you and I watched it, I'm going, how many scenes of this film have I tried to emulate as a child growing up? Mm-hmm. Like I remember hanging on the monkey bars and leaning and going backwards like I'm shooting somebody, like the one scene that took place. Mm-hmm. I remember being underwater, jumping in the swimming pool and trying to swim and 
picturing the alien behind me swimming. Like, there's so many things that took place in this film, like catching the basketball. That scene made me short of breath. <laughs> but like when, like when she catches the basketball, when mm-hmm. they throw it at her, I remember me and the guys trying to palm basketballs and trying to do it like, like, oh yeah, like, you know, like it was ingrained in my subconscious. Yeah. And that's the weird thing about this is as much as Alien 1 and 2 are ingraining pop culture, I have to wonder how many people who grew up with me at that time frame um, in ninety in the ninety sevens who watched this when it first came out because I know you didn't watch any of these when no. it came out but ninety seven how many of us like you remember you watched it and you this is part of your mindset also right it's a terrible film terrible I don't want anybody to watch this or the last one I'm Ever. I'm not even waiting to the end of the review I don't want I don't like the film no. it's not good I'm going to own it. Yeah. Because I'm a completionist. Yeah. But um, I think that, though, it's one of those things that it kind of has seeped into pop culture because the trick with the ball, I've seen that in other movies, mm-hmm. non-sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. So you have to wonder if they did it because it was in those other movies or if they did it and the other movies go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. So it's one of those weird things like maybe a cult classic maybe. Yeah. But I'm not I don't have any desire to to go this is a great film. No. The story was weird. Like the excuse it, for It was a bad Jurassic Park remake. It was. Like the excuse that um Ryder had for being there to to do what she was doing cuz she she was the she was the droid for it was weak. I would be more intrigued by hearing her story in this universe. Then she I needed w- more story. She did. Then I would in actually watching this movie. Right. Like the idea that the droids got tired of being told what to do, mm-hmm. burned their modems, mm-hmm. and have rebelled. That's intriguing. Yeah. I want more of her backstory. Exactly. I don't want, I don't know, it was just weird. And then the ending. Mm. Like the fact that her last gift, Ripley's gift to the aliens was the fact that now they give birth. Like that's not really a gift. It was re- <laughs> right? But it was weird at the same time. It was like she's popping out eggs like she does and then all, all of a sudden, sudden she has a uterus and she's giving birth. What? I mean and it's not even like like it was such a weird like her stomach parted like the Red Sea and out popped this skull that looks like Skeletor is missing his robe. <laughs> like it wasn't like the costume was bad. It was a weird thing. And then Ripley had this weird thing going on with them. I think that they were trying to return to the suit because the CGI in the last two movies were so bad. Right. But it was a product of its time. It was. So just as a whole... Like, I can see why they haven't done movies past this in the timeline. Because if anyone wanted to try to keep it in canonical, they're going, eh. This is, where do you go from this? Yeah. Like, it's just not good. Like, if you did it, it would be following Ripley or it would be telling the droid story. Mm-hmm. And that's just, they didn't set up that well enough. Right. So, and it's, again, I'm curious as to what. If 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 Ridley Scott gets the green light to do this, mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how he tries to rope in stuff that would point to 
what happened in this film. I honestly think he's going to ignore it. I, I kind of hope so. Like, I can see... I I honestly didn't realize until we started this venture that there was more than three of the originals. Because mm. no one talks about this one. For good reason. For good reason. We try to pretend like it didn't happen. We understand. <laughs> um, the fact that the fact that my that the alien was sucked like goo, <laughs> like toothpaste. That scene is like still ingrained in my head since a child. Out of the window, and then the window is magically okay. Yep, pretty much. Like this is not like they turned off the atmosphere in that room because it's cold outside. Shh. <laughs> There's no kind of atmosphere. Dallas. <laughs> it's not like they did this. They like to because in okay in Star Trek. Uh huh. They've done things like that. Right. Not like toothpaste, but like blown somebody out an airlock. Okay, there's a shield barrier now protecting the atmosphere. You got to fix it quick because right. the shield's not perfect. Sure. So that would, in my mind, explain how they're managing to fly with this hole in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And it, I, I don't know if that was there trying to do a nod because in every film she... you And you mentioned this. You're, I remember I was probably... It was towards the end of the third one, I think. And you're like, no, it was in the second one. It was the second one. You're like, I like how she just 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 in the space. This is the answer. We just throw them out the door. <laughs> I wonder if that was their 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 callback to that. I don't know. I don't know. So, would you recommend this film? God, no. I wouldn't either. Not unless it's a what not to do. Or if now, you're just bored. I will say that I enjoyed Winona Ryder's character more than I enjoyed Ripley. Yeah, this was such a. It was not Ripley. No. It just was, and even the story arc with with Winona Ryder's character, Call. It was such a like at the front of the movie. She's like she hates uh, Ripley, and then like in in a matter of five minutes, like she goes from "How do you live with yourself? You're disgusting." Goes to and we can't trust her to like. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Well, you have to keep in mind. I think they were trying to play up the androidness. Yes. They android would be very logical and go okay in this moment we can mm-hmm. we can sympathize with you but they just didn't give her enough story mm-hmm. now i enjoyed her acting she did a pretty good job at what she was given mm-hmm. but eh, do not recommend it please don't watch this <laughs> all right well guys that was our review of the entire alien franchise as is and we want to know your thoughts did you like Aliens. Did you like Alien Cubed? Did you like Alien Resurrection? Oh. Do you think we're wrong? I'm Do so you think sorry. Alien Resurrection is the greatest pinnacle of the Alien franchise? I want to hear from you. I don't think anybody thinks that. I, I, somebody does, and I want to know their reasoning. I'm not belittling you. I just want to know. I've Why do you think this is so great? never seen anybody cosplay that guy. <laughs> so leave a comment. Let us know. Again, you can listen to... We have these up on YouTube. Uh, if you're on Podbean, because we, we use Podbean, and there's a Podbean app for listening to podcasts, you can leave a comment on Podbean. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know. Message us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions. And um, let us know your thoughts. Um, Celeste, any final thoughts on the Alien franchise? Is this worth? Is the franchise itself worth the journey for people to do it? For me personally, 
I think it's interesting. Like if you like us and you like, this is your deal for like decompression. You just binge a series. Um, I, yeah, I mean, sit down and if you got time, if you got like a week, maybe bang out one, one a week, one a day. If you're just like, if you're in that mood. Yeah. I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy the second one better than I enjoy number one. Cause mm-hmm. while I appreciate the technical abilities going into number one, it, I enjoyed number two better. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy Prometheus. Which one was your favorite? Oh, right. We never discussed that, did we? No. Um, my favorite is either Prometheus because mm-hmm. it was so different or probably Aliens. Mm-hmm. Because it's just more expert. I appreciate three a lot. Our number one a lot, <laughs> not three. Oof. Oof. I appreciate Alien quite a bit. So, but I like how Prometheus is so different, but still part of the universe. But two, I mean, it's just it's action packed. Maybe it's because I'm a '90s kid. Yeah, and it's got that feel to it. It it's definitely got that, has that feel. Maybe it's because I like James Cameron. I don't know. He is a very good director. So, what's your favorite? My favorite is Prometheus, okay. and my second favorite would be Covenant. Covenant, really? So none of the original trilogy. Like, don't get me wrong. I love them. I mm-hmm. love one and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's preface it with that. I love one and two. Right. Um, I love what they did for film. I love the story that they set up, the universe mm. that they set up. But on a whole, I like the stories better from Prometheus and Covenant. I can see that. Like, it just, it resonates with me more. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how Ridley handles this mm, going see. forward. Okay. Well, that was our podcast for the day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, because I think you can do the same over there, to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.